up on Inside the NRL, we cross to newly appointed Titans head coach Justin Holbrook, but the panel will also discuss which NRL coaches are in the firing line. And Sam Burgess books another appointment with the judiciary, but will he get off? That and plenty more to come on your favourite Monday rugby league show. Now, there was plenty of pressure on a couple of the NRL coaches. There's only five rounds of rugby league to go before the NRL Telstra Premiership Finals kick off yesterday. We saw the Dragons fans even go against the coach, uh, Paul McGregor. What do you say to that, Jamie? Once again, <laughs> they were diabolical. They were diabolical and, you know, this has been building for a while. And, you know, I drove past there on my way home yesterday and to see the Dragons fans still piling in, I was still surprised that there would be that many people going to the game, knowing where their team is on the ladder. You see how passionate they are. But um, the signs are what the signs are. This is the Dragons fan, a Red V army that has been very passionate for so long now and um, you would like to think that this squad would be doing a lot better. Unfortunately, they haven't been able to do it. Oh, the Dragons, you, you've seen firsthand. The Dragons call for coaches more than any other club. And I've, you know, I sort of I feel for Mary, but I also don't see some of the decisions he's making, the, the merit behind them, and particularly the decision to play Corey Norman at fullback when I know Gareth Widdop's captain, but he's leaving the club. He's mm. leaving the club next year, and it looks as go, you know, with all due respect to Mary, it looks as though next year's going to be Ben Hunt and Corey Norman in the half. So what is he doing playing? Corey Norman at fullback. If, if, if that's your plan for next year, surely, with the season yeah. over now, you play Corey Norman at six and say to Gareth, sorry, mate, you're leaving. Finish the year at number one just to help us out. Well, I said that last week. I didn't understand the situation to be able to play Corey Norman. And it doesn't give Corey Norman any confidence going into the off-season, knowing that he'd be moved around. I understand that you want to try and win games, but you bought Corey Norman there to be a 5'8". Gareth Widdop had to make the change to fullback. It wasn't successful. Now is the time. You can't make the finals. Now is the time to see what you've got in the sheds for next year. They've got a front rower down in Canterbury Cup New South Wales, Lachlan Tim, who's been absolutely outstanding. Still hasn't been able to get a crack this year. Some of those guys, they're coming third or fourth in that competition. They need to be starting to get a run now. They're not going to make the eight. We need to see if Tristan Saylor's going to be able to make the jump. We need to see if some of those guys down in that reserve grade competition can make the jump up to put pressure on these guys so that next year they do have some competition for spots and they can get their depth right for next year. Yeah, well, depth obviously must not be a question. It was interesting after the game as well. Uh, Coach Paul McGregor wasn't that, I guess, uh, disappointed with his performance. He just said that he has to be comfortable with not being uncomfortable. Take a listen. Yeah, it's been tough, and today obviously puts away any thought of playing finals, regardless of the results. So, uh, you know, it, it's tough, mate. Yeah. I'm not going to hide the fact that when you're not winning games of footy, everyone wants to know why and and the reasons behind it, and everyone wants to come at you and attack you. But you know, as as a coach, you've just got to make sure you're comfortable being uncomfortable. And when he says that, I know he's referring to certain media outlets are uh, probably taking aim. Well, look, and fairly, and rightly so. Like This is a team that we all said should be in the top four, if not top eight, top four potentially, and they are going to finish... Well, I don't think they're going to get the spoon, but they're very close. And they're not playing... They're a good enough football team, even with the injuries they've had, to be playing finals football. And, and McGregor... The problem for Mary McGregor is the, the fact that every single year that he's been coached, they have fallen away at the halfway mark of the season. Now, they weren't that impressive to start the year. They've gotten even worse. Well, the last person... Yeah, you know, that had this sort of season at the Panthers. We, we went to one game within a 
you know, grand final in 2014, 2015, we had a heap of injuries. Ivan Cleary gets the sack. So, you know, they, they can't afford to miss out on this opportunity with that squad they've got there. This is a team that should be competing for a title. They haven't been good enough. So I understand that you'd be upset with the criticism, but a players like Ben Hunt gets criticism every week. So it'd be interesting to see how they respond this week. Another turmoil week for the Dragons. Another huge week for the Dragons too. James Graham playing his 400th game uh, combined with Super League and NRL games. So hopefully they get up against the Titans. Another coach who's feeling the uh, pinch Nathan Brown so he has a, a different contract Michael can you just explain to fans what his contract is and if he's under pressure to be there again next season yeah look he's under enormous pressure because his contract is based on performance at the moment there, there are more factors than just making the final it's not as clear-cut as to say if they don't make the eight Nathan Brown will be sacked but there are a lot of factors that will go into it and the way they've played over the last month there's some serious questions being asked at Newcastle and there will be at the end of the year so as it stands Nathan Brown has got five weeks in my opinion, to save his job. So I think you'll find they want. it's not just about coaching because you can see the players like him, right? It's not about his relationship. You get to clubs where the players are off the coach. It's not like that at all with Newcastle, but perhaps there's a bit of a feeling there. Maybe they need some tough love the Knights because... As we said with the Dragons, they have a good enough team. They've got a good enough team as well. They made the four changes on the weekend and still nothing came from that. But, Jamie, if they do make a change, who's better to fit the role? Well, there's candidates out there. You talk about O'Brien at the Roosters, Craig Fitzgibbon, uh, Shane Flanagan will be available to coach next year, Anthony Griffin's still out there. So maybe they do need some tough love. I, I think the Knights may have reached their ceiling uh, under Nathan Brown. I think this was the year they had to show that they had the squad. It's the squad that he wanted. And there's more that goes into it as well. When you're trying to... You know, keep young talent there as well. You need to be showing that you're going to win games and you're going to be on the up and up. Does that come into Newcastle Power Brokers next year? That the fact that you want to keep Carlin Ponga, Carlin's going to want to be part of a successful team. We saw it similar to James Tedesco and the Tigers. They're looking at the top clubs now, thinking, "Well, I can go and play and fit in there." Is that is that a concern for the Newcastle club, knowing that Carlin Ponga, they want to keep him long term? I think you hit the nail on the head with Carlin. He's going to be there, right, for the next few years. He's got, a, I think, he's got another three years to run or two years to run at the night. So, long, short term, he's there, but they they feel that Caelan Pong is the face of their club for the next decade. And if he's not at a place that's successful, then that's not as appealing as it will be to some other clubs. And he's going to have no shortage of, of options, whether it's rugby league or rugby union. Caelan Pong is going to be the most sought after player in the game. And the Knights know that if they're not winning, their chances of keeping it's, it's not about money. Sure, money's on the list of priorities, probably two or three. It's well, happiness. You're going to get your money. Tedesco well, you, got his. You're going to work. Well, he's going to exactly money. regardless of where he yeah, goes. He's already won a premiership. Best he's happy. In the world. He's happy at Newcastle. But how long can you be happy if you're not winning? So the Newcastle Knights know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's two clubs we've spoken about. The other one is New Zealand Warriors. Sometimes I feel like I just want to hit my head against a brick wall when you see them play, and I'm sure their fans feel the same way. But this at halftime, Stephen Kearney absolutely lost it. He was asked in the post-match press conference if he's ever been more angry and he couldn't come up with a time that he remembered when he was more angry. Take a look at this. It goes next level. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared too. I've never seen him. Take a listen to this. Just about the angriest you've been at half-time in the match. Uh, Just about the angriest. <laughs> was it the angriest you've been at half-time in the match? Well, let me put it this way, I can't remember the last time I was that angry. Yeah, so, um, I guess so. Well, you know, I thought, you know, the first half we got, you know, bullied off the park, you know. Like, so, um, you know, that's, you know, that's why I was pretty animated. Now, Stephen Kearney, from what, Michael, you gathered, is not in any danger to lose his coaching job. 
But what needs to change there at New Zealand? Well, he's safe. He's, he's recently been extended for a couple of years. I know it doesn't mean a lot in rugby league, but from my understanding, speaking to people around the club, his job is safe. And they, it, they anticipated this would be a difficult year. They obviously moved Sean Johnson on at the end of last year. They brought in Cody Nukarima. They anticipated this would be a bit of a rebuild in the end, and they, they feel as though what they're doing underneath the NRL side is building towards long-term success at the club. Now, it's not showing as part of NRL at the moment, but Stephen Kearney, the club believes, is the right man going forward. But, geez, that question marks over the way they played, how easily they were put to the test by, by the Raiders in that first half in Auckland over the weekend. Well, it's totally different to the Dragons. At least the Dragons, the tier underneath, are coming in the top four. The Warriors are just as bad in, in the competition below. They've only just started to win a couple of games with a squad that could compete for a title. So um, you talk about building for the future. I don't know how you, you would approach going into a season you know, knowing that it's a rebuild. I understand mm. that you know, every, everyone at the start of the year, Katie and Chambers, thinks that they can believe mm. they can win the comp. They've got the team to win the comp, regardless of where you... Because you haven't played a game. But yeah, for, the, for the head of New Zealand, for those people to be thinking, well, it was going to be a bit tough this year, go, why did you get rid of Sean Johnson? Mm. You know, you, you don't get rid of... Because they wanted to win a premiership. That's exactly right. Want... So, you would, yeah. so if you're looking at whether they've gone backwards from getting rid of Sean Johnson, they have. They haven't been settled on their halves all year. They had to go out and buy a halfback from Brisbane Broncos and Cody Nicarima. So for me, a, a disappointing year for the Warriors. Again, Wonder. they've lost six in a row at home. Yeah. Mm. You know, for years they're talking about making that the toughest trip, in the, one of the toughest trips in the NRL. Now teams are looking forward to going over there. Yeah. I wonder how much of... Uh, we, we, we worried when the NYC, the National Under-20s comp, was taken away that the Warriors you know, got, got a, lot of, a lot of kids from Rugby Union because they wanted to play in that showpiece event on TV. I haven't seen a good... You know, there's very few young Warriors kids that have come through over the last 18 months that have really put their hand up. So I wonder how much that's having an impact. The best thing we did was ranks. get rid of the NYC. Okay. It's, you you got to learn to play against men. you got to learn what it takes to be a professional week in, week out. Yeah, the under twenties competition, while it was glitz and glamour on TV and, and well, that's great, what these kids like though. These yeah, but kids want but it. you don't turn into a first grader by playing, mm. yeah, you know, three seasons of under twenties on TV. It's probably a topic for another time. You turn into a we'll first grader by being a hard, playing against hard. We'll first definitely graders. we'll we'll talk about that another day. Today, he's talking about coaches and another coach I want to know about, Paul Green. How has he stayed under the radar all this time? He's yeah, well, maybe out of sight, out of mind for the Sydney media, but two years in a row underperforming. Their roster, as we said, yeah, their forward pack's as good as any, still is. So I think Paul Green, he, he's on a lot of money. They're not going to punt him. He's still got two years to go on close to a million dollars. So in terms of his job security, yes, he's safe. But, geez, if they don't start next year well, he'll be under a lot of pressure. Yeah, they've gotten their recruitment wrong the last couple of years for me. They needed to be strong in their outside backs. So that's a forward pack up there that can be competing, Katie, but they haven't got their recruitment right in the outside backs to be able to sustain you know, being with the best teams in the competition. In their defence, though, they went after... They, they had Ben Barber. They lost him in the pre-season. Didn't even get to see a game. And they went after Valentine Holmes, and they were okay, pretty confident well, they'd get yeah, him. How so do you explain letting Ponga kick out, Brandon Smith? Oh, yeah, that, no doubt. They're recruitment that way. Go. But in terms of their backs, they thought they that this year they'd have it covered, but mm. hasn't panned out, and here we are. Well, we couldn't finish off the coaching talk without crossing over to talk with the St Helens coach and new Titans coach, Justin Holbrook. Thanks for coming on Inside the NRL. No worries. Thanks for having me. Congratulations. I mean, I, I, mean, I haven't met you in person yet, but well done on the gig. I don't suppose you watched the game yesterday with the Roosters. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I did watch it yesterday. And, and thanks, you know, I'm obviously uh, excited about the opportunity uh, coaching the Titans next year. Justin, how... 
how big of a job is it, mate? Is from what you've seen, not obviously yesterday would have been hard to watch, but from what you've seen over the last 12 months, I imagine you watched a lot of footy even being in England, but is this a club that needs to be totally rebuilt or are you quite happy with the way things are there and the setup and, and what's coming through? Oh, look, I think obviously two answers there. Obviously, not, not happy with how they're going at the moment. And obviously, yesterday yeah, yeah, was hard to watch. But um, as for the rest, the whole setup and coming through, I think, is what has got me excited about it. You know, obviously, we all know they're not doing well and, and haven't done well for a couple of years. But I think um, for myself, you know, once I spoke to Mel and you know, everything sort of in place up there now, I mean, they got, you know, I said earlier, they got sort of. Steve Mitchell, Dennis Watt there, Mao there. I think they've got you know, the owners at the front office right now and, and they've got all the, you know, a big junior nursery and got some good schools up there, some good feeder clubs. So everything's right. I think we've just got to try and obviously get... You know, the main thing is getting the, the first first grade team firing. So I think everything in place in the Gold Coast, bud, is, is right to go. We're just going to just, make it happen. Justin, arguably the hardest job is going to be unlocking the full potential of Ash Taylor. Uh, he's had a difficult season back here on big money. When do you start to address it? And what have you seen in his game that you like that you think you can take to the next level? Oh, look, I think, Sarah, as, as we all know, look, Ashtar's a, a great young, talented player. And um, I said earlier, you know, I, was, I was lucky enough to have him in the junior kangaroos when I had him there. And, you know, so he's obviously an extremely talented young player. And we all, all know, you know, he's had a difficult season. So... Uh, for myself, it's just trying to trying to you know get him clear on his on his rugby league because we all know how good a player he is. So um, I think it is extremely important, um, as you know, mate. You got to you got to have your key players playing well, and and if we can get him firing, it's going to play a big part in, in being a successful team. Justin, what's the first thing that you'll do when you come into the Titans in November? Because um, there's a lot that needs changing there. Is there something you do for culture or? How do you fix them? Oh, look, I don't think it's, it's not one particular thing or as for the first thing. Um, you know, I think that'll sort of start soon over the next few weeks with, with conversations, obviously, sort of ongoing with Mal and, and staff and things like that. And then um, in terms of players, I'll, I'll wait till the end of the season. You know, they, they've still got five games to play in. And uh, there's no point, you know, having a new coach in there that, that hasn't started yet. And plus, I'm obviously still doing my current role here, which is my most important thing for the rest of the year with St Helen. So um, it'll be some, obviously, behind the scenes stuff. But once I get there, look, I'll just be sort of letting the player group know that, you know, I'm excited to be there. I obviously love my time here at St Helens and, and easily could have stayed here. I had no issue. I'm really enjoying coaching in Super League. And, and, and at a great club. So um, the fact that, you know, I've got the opportunity at the time is exciting for me and, and uh, um, you know, one I want them to look forward to too. Justin, you've spoken at length at how much you learnt during your time at the Roosters under Trent Robinson. Mate, is, there, is there someone you spoke to who, within the NRL about taking on this job or Robbo or someone else, whether you should or what was what light ahead if you were to take on this role? Oh, look, not, not so much about whether I should or not. I mean, that, that, that's my decision and, and I've got to, you know, look into that, which I did, you know, off my own accord. But, but I definitely have conversation with, with people back there um, since then. Obviously, spoken to, to, to Trent a couple of times and, and I'll speak to, you know, I've spoken to a couple of other people and I'll speak to a lot more. So just, just to get their views on everything as well. But in the end, um, no, I was really comfortable and, and excited, as I said, to, about the opportunity to, to come on as coach next year. Justin, tell the Gold Coast Titans fans a little bit about yourself, what kind of style you'll be bringing to the club because, you know, to a lot of people back here, you went over to Super League, you're not really recognised as a coach in the NRL just yet. 
What's your message to Titans fans after another tough season? Oh, mate, I think for myself, um, and as you said, like I was in a similar boat when I came over here at St Helens. Obviously, you know, not having a playing background, um, yeah, you're never going to appeal to, to anybody because you are always be unknown in their eyes because they've never grown up, you know, watching me play or anything like that. So for myself, you know, I, I've sort of, whether it's earned the right or ready for the role, whatever way you want to look at it, you know, with my coaching career, um, I'll coach all the lower grades. Uh, NRL assistant at the Roosters two and a half years, which I learned a lot under Robbo. And then I'm in a head coach role now, which is, for me, if I was to say the Gold Coast fans, you know, be confident that, that I am the right person because I've been over here now for two and a half years. And, and you know, you know, we're going well here at St Helens. So for myself, um, you know, I think for the fans to say, well, you know, they've chosen me and, and I'm, you know, feel I'm definitely the right person for the job. And, and I know it's, you know, a big task, but any big task is in the NRL. No matter what uh, club you're going to coach, you're, you know, you're under pressure and you've got to perform. So it's no different. Um, but, you know, I definitely feel that while they won't have known of me, I'm OK with that, as I said, because I was in the same boat when I first came over here at St Helens and, and I've done well here. So I'll be doing my best, mate. That's about uh, all after that long-winded answer. <laughs> <laughs> mate, a lot of talk back here. Jai Arrow is going to come off contract soon. Surely the club's first job is to to re-sign him. Are those talks underway for Titans fans, knowing that you can try and keep one of your best players? Yeah, I'm not sure, mate. Obviously, they would be, but I haven't gone into that. I've obviously um, you know, only known, or not even a week yet, I found out a bit later um, on today um, that, that I've you know, been you know, given the job so or the opportunity to coach. So I haven't got down with the nitty-gritty of players um, with the club yet. That'll happen over the next few days. But obviously, mate, in agreement with you, he's an outstanding young player and um, I'm sure the club would definitely be doing everything to keep him, mate, and then I'll be encouraging that as well. Justin, we really appreciate your time. We know you're a busy man over there. Good luck for the rest of the Super League season uh, with St Helens. And it'd be nice, I'm sure, if you could top it off with a grand final victory over there. And we hope that you can bring that winning culture. And Titans fans will hope you can bring that winning culture back to the club over here. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Thanks, thanks for having me. Appreciate Thank you. All right, time to get to some player news now. And Jesse Ramian, what is the latest there, Michael? No longer at the Newcastle Knights. Yeah, look, the, the Knights and his manager are settling that breakup at the moment. He won't be at the club next season. There's about half a dozen clubs that have shown interest, so the Bulldogs, the Sharks, the Eels, the Cowboys, uh, the Titans, the Tigers. So, look, they'll meet with his manager. Oh, sorry, Jesse will meet with his manager on Wednesday to discuss those options and where he goes. They need to sort out the details of the breakup with Newcastle, obviously. Uh, was told he can leave the club, and he decided he would. So, uh, in terms of a, in terms of his future, a club's a bit unsure. This is this will be his fourth club in four years. Was it Manly, Cronulla before joining Newcastle, and now we'll look for his fourth club. So, a little bit of apprehension as to his his value and why things have gone wrong. So, it'll be an interesting time for Jesse Raymond. No doubt he got some some interest there, but in terms of his um, his, you know, his commitment and motivation, a few clubs starting to question that. Is there an opportunity for him to still go to the Super League? There were whispers about that as well. Yeah, I don't think... Oh, look, there's a deadline. I think it's August 8. If he mm. wants to go over to England to play this year, then come back next. I don't think that's going to eventuate uh, in this short amount of time that he's got left. So sort out his future in the short term, work out the clubs that want him, uh, and then decide where he plays his future. Jamie, is it bizarre to hear this about player attitude and being kicked out of the club? It is, and you've got to hope that you know, Jesse sees this as a... You know, maybe a bit of a wake-up call from Nathan Brown just to be able to go away, address what he needs to address 
off-field, whether it be an attitude problem or, or a money thing. I just mm. It's disappointing because he could have been a real strike weapon for the Newcastle Knights. But all year we've heard speculation about he wasn't happy, he wasn't happy with how much ball he was getting. So uh, you can see why some of the clubs are just tippy-toeing in to see what the situation is there. Yeah, OK. And obviously after the round we did see an ACL injury to Christian Welsh. What's happening there? Because last week, um, Michael, we were talking about him potentially going to the Parramatta Eels. Yeah, well, last week the Eels put forward an offer around $450,000 and Christian Welsh and his manager decided that wasn't high enough and we're hoping to get a little bit more out of the Eels. Now, my understanding of the Eels, that offer is going to be taken off the table and there won't be an offer for him to join the club next year. So, luckily for Christian Welsh, though, he still has an option in his favour to stay at Melbourne, which he has taken up. When he, when he first thought he suffered his ACL earlier in the year, he took up that option the next day to stay at uh, the Storm. So... He had the opportunity to look elsewhere, but at least he's got a club for next year. It's sad news for him suffering his second ACL. Yeah, it's so disappointing. All right, one of the good ones in the game. Let's get to some award news. Before we know it, we are going to be at the Dally M Awards. And one of those awards is the Ken Stephen Medal. So this is awarded to players who perform on the field, but also do fantastic things off the field. If we take a look at some of the nominees, there's no surprise Joel Thompson is again on the list for the Manly Sea Eagles. He has won that award before. But for you, Gents, who do you pick for this year's um, Ken Stephen winner? Well, Joel Thompson will certainly be uh, one of the favourites up there. I, I like what Corey Norman's done with his clothing brand. Obviously, everyone knows uh, you know the rules and YKTR. So, what he's been able to do going down, giving some of those clothes away to underprivileged you know, people in the world, I think that he's uh, shown a softer side to Corey Norman and gone away from that party lifestyle, which has been refreshing, sure, for the Dragons as well in a tough year. He's done well to change perception, given mm. what he'd been through over the last couple of years at his Eels. Well, it's, a, it's, the whole, it's that whole brand mm. with Isaac John and, and James C. Garrow, for me, that have been able to take him away and give him a, a distraction away from footy. So he's been able to enjoy his footy, but also you know, give something back, which has been great. Yeah. Who do you pick? Uh, I like what Adam, Adam Elliott's done. I think his name got tarnished a little bit last year through what happened in, in Mad Monday. But he's, uh, he's been someone who's done a lot of work in the community, mm. done a lot of work that people have, you know, unfairly have you know, associated a name with that Mad Monday. I, I like what Adam Elliott's done. OK. Both great choices there. For the fans, you can get involved. Our voting opens on the 19th of August. Just go to nrl.com forward slash community to have your say. Time for sweet or soured. What way do you have this week, Jamie? Sweet this week. Uh, one of my favourite players returned to the NRL, Wade Graham. Absolutely outstanding on that left edge on Saturday night down there at Pointsbet Stadium. Just what he does to this Sharks side. You talk about some of the stars they have in Johnson, uh, Moylan. What he does for their game is brings them into the game, takes some pressure off them as well. But three try assists, was physical in defence, come up against Sam Burgess. For me, Katie Chemis, he is the best back row in the world when he's fully fit. Uh, he has the finesse to be able to kick him behind and, and he's a real X factor on that left edge for the Cronulla Sharks going forward. Whether they can bottle that energy and go out to Penrith and, and have a big win out there and get their uh, run into the finals going, we'll have to wait and see. But Wade Graham, welcome back to the NRL. And this week, uh, hopefully catching up with him on the Palo Alto Sour podcast. Ah, double Wade Graham chat. <laughs> Very like excited. Yeah, yeah, he certainly <laughs> makes an impact, doesn't he? All right, time now for hit or miss. Question one. Angus Crichton should start every week. Hit or miss, Jamie? Uh, miss for me. I don't think he's in their best 17... Uh, best 13, sorry, to start the game. I know that he's been uh, 
probably you know the last couple of weeks he's had a, an opportunity. But for me, I, I think he'd be a real uh, strike weapon coming off the bench just with his change of direction. You can let Orbison, you can let Cordner go to work and, and clean up the uh, early on. But uh, he's certainly been a little bit better after some, I guess, mixed form to start the year. He played on the left. I don't think you'll find, obviously, with Boyd Cordner coming back, he won't. So for me, it's a miss as well. I think he had more impact off the bench than Mitchell Orbison. There's nothing wrong with the Roosters starts. They'll start strong. Mm. It's going to be that last 20 or 30 where this comp's won against the teams like the Melbournes and the South. So, And he can come off the bench and play 55, 60 minutes. It's yeah. No, you know, if, you use, if Trent Robinson uses him that way, Orbison just gets the tough stuff out of the way and then Crichton can come on and be a real strike. And with all due respect, Jamie Sow would have done well in the playing in the back row against the Titans on the weekend. They were diabolical. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> hey, hey, Thanks, hey. Buddy. Let's calm down on the <laughs> Titans. <laughs> Question two. Sam Burgess will cost Souths when it counts. Hit or miss? I think it's counting now. I think it's costing him a hit, yeah. I, you can see the frustration in Wayne Bennett after the game. and It's just his, his history's not going to go away, which means he's going to carry all these points and his loading throughout the rest of... Well, for, for a couple of years now, and especially as they go on this run, every little incident's going to be... It's going to cost South Sydney. I, how do you tell someone who's played so aggressive to change their game? And it's not about trying to find the balance, right? Because... He hasn't been able to do it. So he has to completely change his game. And then you lose what Sam Burgess is renowned for. It's a tough one for Wayne Bennett because you don't get value for money if you tell Sam Burgess to calm down. He's the best forward in the game on his day up there with Malolo, but we, we don't see it. One, he was injured. Two, he can't stay on the field. Jamie? Yeah, I'd have to agree you know, partially with Michael there. I think you know, Wayne Bennett will get it right. Uh, I'd be very surprised if you see... That tackle there wasn't a good look on Saturday night, but I'd be very surprised if you see Sam... In, in and around the head again. You want him to be aggressive, but you also don't want him to, to lose him. You know how important he is to that side. So I guess a little bit, but in terms of how important he is to South, he's vital. Do you think he gets off the charge tomorrow night, Jess? No. Well, he's trying to downgrade, so I think he's a strong chance. I think yeah, be... there's a little bit of an argument there that maybe it hit him across the chest or shoulders first and moved up. He might be able to argue. I, I think he's a chance, yeah. Okay. You tell me what about that there that hits him? It hits him flush on the jaw. Unfortunately, for Matt Moore. Under the jaw. It's on the jaw. Yeah. I, look, I'm not saying he, did, he got him. I think there's enough there to maybe he can he can get this downgraded. He's still guilty, but whether it's a grade one or the grade two, I think there might be a little bit there for him. Was it? I feel like it was like there. It's on the jaw. Judiciary <laughs> <laughs> will make the right choice. Okay. Question three. Broncos premiership window is closed. Hit or miss? For this year, certainly. Um, they need to find a halfback and 5-8 combination. They haven't got it right. You've moved Darius Boyd into the halves this year. I don't think it's worked as well as what you thought it would. Uh, for me, probably could move to centre and you try and make some changes. But, yeah, Anthony Seabold, disappointing year up there at the Broncos. And, you know, Phil Gould made some good points on his brekkie show on the weekend. It talk about, you know... The, the young forward pack for the Broncos, they need to be better in all assets of the game. You can't just be damaging when you run the ball. You look at what the Melbourne Storm pack did to them, and yes, it's an experienced pack, but some of those misses and combinations in and around the ruck were just outplayed, and you can only you can have as much potential as you like, but unless you deliver, you're not going to be able to get results. And Anthony Seabolt's deflected enough away from his side this year. Hit for me, that's, that window's closed. It's closed for a while. And the sad part is it was open to start the year. We, I genuinely thought the next two or three years we could see the Broncos go on a run and be a premiership threat, premiership threat like they used to be. It's closed. It's closed shut for a couple of years now because whether they, they like it or not, they're rebuilding. They are, they've, got a, you know, they've lost their 5'8". 
you don't, Darius Boy is not their long-term six. The seven, who knows who it's going to be, whether it's Dearden or it's O'Sullivan or what they're trying to do. McCulloch's probably towards the end of his career and Milford's still getting, uh, it's unre- really untested at fullback. So the, the key positions, the spine, they are in a real bu- rebuilding phase. So to me, that premiership window's closed for a couple of years till they get it right. And it's, given the fact they started the year well and truly with that open, it's, it's, a, it's a sad reflection of, unfortunately, the year Anthony Seabold's had. You're getting worked up. Well, they're a better, <laughs> they, they, they were a better team than that. They're a better team than that. And unfortunately, things haven't gone to plan. Yeah, OK. Champ or chump? First one's first. This is uh, actually quite uh, timely. The Broncos mascot. This is how he felt after their loss to Melbourne Storm. After this try, being scored. He's supposed to be excited. Too easy, of course. Cam Smith goes over. Just a quick look here. <laughs> Losing field. Poor <laughs> thing. Oh, not hit or miss. Champ or jump? Champ. He might be in trouble. His job might lose his job after that. He can't really? be doing that. Can't be lying down. What do you mean? He's given up. The players are giving up too. Everyone's giving oh, up at Brisbane. Go away. <laughs> jump? Are you chumping him? Yeah, we're going to chump him. We're going to be right. a bit different. Okay. Let's go to the Raiders try. This was, um, pre- I thought this was a pretty quick return serve, actually. Watch this one. Yeah, Alfield comes through and scores. Good try. A little bit of flick there. I hate that from a fan. Chump. Chump. Chump every day of the week. Well, there's no need for it. No, I thought it wasn't it was like Michael like Oldfield pegged it at him. No, it wasn't a, rea- a reaction. No, I didn't. Sorry, I'm, I thought it was good reaction. How quick to catch he it. caught it. And every time the ball yeah, goes I, into I the crowd, what do you see? You see a fan hold it up, and they're happy to catch it. Yeah. I don't think you need to peg it back at them. No, I would never throw it at a Chump. player. No, well, you shouldn't throw things at the players, but he did throw the ball at him first. He lobbed it at him. Doesn't matter. It's an away game. The team's getting pumped, and you throw the ball at him. He's just playing with fire there, Michael. So you're going, what? A lob is okay. A shoulder pass is not okay. The ball that came from the field. So you can't really accuse the guy of throwing a foreign object. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Get on with it, mate. Champ or chump? Champ. Okay. Oh wow, you called it. Breaking news. Okay, last but not least, this is one of the Tigers fans who has really gone to the next level in terms of support. Can we get a shot on that tattoo? Which brings me to see what you say, Jamie, if he's a champ or chump having a tattoo. Chump. West Tigers tattoo. Well, it's a West Tigers tattoo. There's a guy for the Dragons. I'm sure one day I'll meet him again. He's got the Dragons, all our signatures, tattooed across all his body. So I think I'm up on his chest or his forearms. Matt Cooper, everyone from the... Why is he a chump, though? I mean, you've got... West Tigers. ...tattooed on you as well. Oh, it's West Tigers. Oh, OK. So if it was a dragon tattoo, he'd be totally a champ. Well, yeah. <laughs> champ, I'm going to give him a champ. The old Balmain jersey, Leichhardt Oval. He's proud. Let him go. The champ for me. <laughs> yeah. On ya. I think he's a fanatic as well, so... That makes it you OK. Think? Yeah, he was in the fanatic section. All right. Uh, we did see today the Downer International Nines Rugby League Tournament has announced its draw, which is very exciting. And tickets are on sale today for NRL members. Just go to nrl.com forward slash tickets. If you are not an NRL ticketed member, they come on sale on Wednesday. $30 for tickets on Friday, uh, $49 for tickets on Saturday. Family tickets, $135 for the Saturday and $80 on the Friday. Mm, 12 great hours of intense 
great viewing rugby league. And at Bank West, party atmosphere. Oh, I think it's going to be rocking all weekend. I can't wait. 18th, 19th of October. Make sure you get your tickets. What game are you both looking forward to most in that? I know there's Australian double First one, Australia, New Zealand. Yeah. I think that's going to be the, the highlight. But don't, don't count out sides like Fiji. You know, they'll have Ravalawa, they'll have Vunavalu, all these guys. So. What about Samoa? Yeah, that'll be big. Yeah. That'll yeah. be big. They'll all be big. I think yeah. it's going to be fantastic. Just at Bank West, having it, more games at Bank West, we should have one there a week, maybe even two. It'll be a cool festival vibe. I like it. All right, thanks again, gents, for sticking with me through this one, helping me lead this. You're awesome. We've only got, like, what, how many rounds left? Five to go. Five to go, <laughs> counting down. All right. Zach Bailey is back tomorrow at 3.55 for NRL Teams. Make sure you tune into that. Until next Monday, have a good one.